going to be talking about self-control. Ooh, yeah, all the oohs and ahs. Um, so basically, I was not expecting to preach about that this week. Um, I really wanted to preach about the holidays, and I wanted to preach about Thanksgiving, and gratefulness, and counting your blessings, and family, because that's what this season usually calls for, um, but the Lord was just like, nope, we're not going to talk about that, we're going to talk about self-control, and I just really felt um, super um, specific about that, um, really because that's something that the Lord has been working in my own life about. Um, recently, I was asked um, a question I never heard before, and it was, what fruit of the Spirit do you think you struggle with the most? And I was like, ouch, mm, I don't really want to answer that. Uh, I have all of them, duh. And no, and so I was like, honestly, as I like thought about it, I was like, man, like I probably struggle with self-control the most. And so as I talk about this, this isn't me coming up from a from a platform saying I've got this down, like I'm perfect, like that is not where I'm at. This is something that um, the Lord currently has me in a process of. And so, um, yeah, and so the Lord just really put this on my heart to talk about because um, it's real, it's vulnerable, it's right where I'm at. And um, I just heard him say that he has so much more for you guys. And especially since this is the last um, sermon Thursday before the new year, um, I just felt the Lord so clearly say, like, I have so much more for you. As we go into this new season, when we're about to talk about, um, you know, your new year resolutions and what are you going to do? You're going to get back into gym membership and all of these things that we always do in the new year. But specifically spiritually, I felt the Lord said there was so much more. And so, and even as we were going through, uh, we did a Q&R night a couple, a couple uh, weeks ago, and there were a lot of questions, amazing questions, by the way, if you submitted a question, they were so good, um, and that night was awesome, but there were so many questions about um, your desires, uh, so many questions about how to get freedom from lingering guilt and lingering shame from what you've done, um, freedom from habitual sin, like porn and masturbation, um, from lust, and... Um, and so often we're, we're caught in a tension between um, doing what we feel and what we don't feel like doing. And, and where does that lie of being authentic or inauthentic? And it's something we talk about a lot here at Young Adults. Um, and so we had all these questions. And so I really wanted to get into um, self-control as we got into the new season. And so what is self-control? In Galatians 5, through 23, that's the fruits of the spirit uh, verse, which is very, very popular and very well known. Um, and so it is just that. It is a fruit or a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is not something that you can work your way into. This is not a sermon that's going to tell you just keep on doing good things and you're going to get self-control. That's not what this is about. This is a gift that when you are born again, when you're saved, when you're living with the Holy Spirit, this is, a, this is something that comes out of you. But it's also something that you have to press into. It's not something that's like, oh, I wake up one day, I am the most self-controlled person on the planet. I can say no to every single sin out there. No, you're human. You're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But you do have free will. You do have a gift of free will. And you can activate yourself to say, no, I actually want Jesus more than I want sin. And so, um, and so it's a gift. It's actually mentioned over 8,000 times in the Bible, whether it's spiritual, mental, or physical self-control. It's mentioned so many times, and I believe that's because it's directly linked to our emotional and physical and mental selves. Um, and so we're going to put the first verse up there, which is Proverbs 25, 28. Um, and it says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And 
when I read that, it was pretty dang sobering. Um, because what that verse is basically saying is that without self-control, without you activating that self-control that God has given as a gift to you, you're basically allowing the enemy to come in and rob you of your joy and your freedom that the Lord has already paid the price for you to have. You're allowing him and saying, hey, devil, I'm wide open. You can take any shot that you want at me. That's kind of what that is saying. And so, um, and so the next point is uh, one of the main sections I want to talk about, which is self-control for ourselves and what that actually should look like. And so first things first, I think that we need a perspective change on two different areas. One, I think we need a perspective change on this generation. This generation is so, our generation is, and the one a little bit younger than us, is always characterized as flaky, uncommitted, and lazy. And I think that the enemy has tried to put that over our generation because the Lord is actually saying, no, I want this to be the most loyal and committed generation that this world has ever seen. Because the reason is, is if our generation actually stepped, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I just like watched that in slow motion. I was like, no, no, don't hit her. Oh gosh, are you okay? Okay, sweet. Uh, all right, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Yeah, amen, come on. <laughs> um, and so, anyways, I think that the Lord has actually called this generation to be the most committed and the most loyal because if that happened, the world would never be the same. They wouldn't. And I think that that is exactly where the enemy wants us to think is that you are powerless, that you are have no choice in the matter, that you just get to and have to be attacked, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because God is actually saying, no, I've made you to be a powerful person that has a choice to walk in freedom. And it might take every single day of your life saying, God, I love you. God, I choose you. God, I choose you over sin. I choose you over this, and I'm going to walk this line. It may take that, but you have the choice to do that. You're not powerless. And if anyone has ever tried to make you think that, or even a voice in your head, that is not the voice of God. And it's also not the voice of God to condemn you and say, what the heck are you doing doing that again? That is not the voice of God. I love what uh, Wesley said a couple weeks ago, that conviction of God is always going to bring you up. It's never going to bring you down. And so anything I say tonight, I want, I want it to be received in a heart of, man, this is God calling me higher. This is not the enemy bringing me down. And so, um, and so I just want to touch on that feelings thing I mentioned before, is that your feelings, whatever I say tonight, I want you to know your feelings are valid, your feelings are heard, and the Lord wants you to be honest with him. He wants you to be honest with yourself. The Lord will never say to you, oh, just shove your feelings away, and then we'll deal with it later. That is not the voice of God, and that's not the way he created you to be. He wants you to be honest with him, and it's honestly okay to be like, God, like, I'm not feeling this right now. Like, man, like, I don't feel you. I don't feel your presence right now in this season of my life. And that's okay. That's okay for you to be honest about that. But nowhere will you ever see God say, okay, now sit in that. Sit in that. Sit in that feeling of hopelessness. Sit in that feeling of, I don't really want to. God will never call you and put you there. God will always call you up and say, no, I've created you to be a powerful son or daughter. Don't you know who you are? I died on the cross so that you could know who you are. 
It's okay that you're feeling this, but be in conversation with me. Be in relationship with me because I promise you'll step into freedom through that. I promise it's not pointless to do something even if you don't feel like it. There is a reward at the end of this whole dang life, and it's Jesus. But you don't have to wait to see Jesus in heaven. You can see Jesus right now in your life. But that takes self-control. That takes the discipline of saying, no, I want God. I want Jesus in my life now. And so, one, over our generation, and two, I think that we either haven't been taught what self-discipline is, we, didn't, we don't know from when we were growing up, or we have a really bad view of it. Because I think the world would try and convince you and say that, man, like, discipline and control, like, that sounds really lame. Like, that doesn't sound fun. Like, you don't get to just do whatever you want. Like, that sucks. Like, that's what the world would try and tell you. That's why so much right now in culture you hear, oh, you do you, and you be you, and you live your truth, and you live this truth, and we'll all just be okay with it. No, we need the voice of God in this generation. We need the voice of God in our lives because trying to live my own life, trying to live by what I think is okay and what's right is going to get me into a whole heck of a lot of destruction and a whole heck of a lot of sin. And honestly, when I've done the things that I wanted to do, when I know the Lord wasn't behind those things, I have felt so broken and so lost and so overwhelmed that chasing after my pleasures have never done anything for me. When I've chased after the things of God, I have experienced such intimacy with the Lord. I'm like, man, there's nothing better than this. Why would I ever want to do something that the world thinks is better? It is always going to be a counterfeit. It is always going to be a counterfeit to the real thing. And so Jesus would actually say, he actually says in Hebrews 12, 6, um, that he disciplines those he loves. So we need to have a right view of what self-control and what discipline looks like. Discipline is always done in love. Because God loves you so much and cares so much about every single aspect of your life that he would actually say, no, I don't want you to go that direction. That direction is going to lead to a whole lot of brokenness. I don't want you in that relationship because that relationship is going to, is going to deal with your insecurity and you're not going to have security in me anymore. I don't want you to drink those things or, or take those drugs because they're just, it's just a counterfeit high. You need my healing from that brokenness. That trauma you had in your life, don't, don't chase it by finding security from other people or security in what the world has to offer. I care about those things. I want to heal you from those places of brokenness. That that's what God is saying when he's disciplining you. It's never unto anger. God is never angry uh, and saying, oh, I'm going to discipline. Like that is not God's heart for you at all. It's not. He disciplines those he loves because he actually wants to help you. He wants to help guide you. And so discipline equals love. That's actually, um, love is the first thing listed in Galatians. And in Greek, there's actually a, a, a semicolon there and that everything after that comes from love. So when you're, when you're working out your self, the self-control, when you're working out discipline, it comes from a place of love, both being disciplined by the Lord, but disciplining yourself. It's saying, no, like I love my God, but I also love who God made me to be. So why would I want to counterfeit my identity for something less than what God has created me to be. So when you're saying no, like I'm saying no to that screen, I'm saying no to those people of, of those situations that I'm not supposed to be in or be around, you're saying no because you know what God has called over your life. 
Even if you don't feel that, even if you don't feel powerful or a leader or completely secure, God has said those things over your life anyways. And you will never experience that fullness unless you choose to start walking in that direction. It's a partnership. And so that's why Paul even says, um, you, this is re- it's a really famous uh, verse where he talks about um, subduing his body or controlling his body and, and wanting to run the race well. He says that not, he says that not as, oh, I'm going to run this race unto perfection so that I can you know, be perfect and never sin. He says run this race well. And self-control is how you run this race well because you want to glorify the Lord. The Lord wants to do good things on your behalf. And he wants it to glorify him. And I promise that brings so much more freedom than anything that this world could offer you or anything that is trying to grab a hold of your attention in your heart. And so what it looks like is activation and cultivation. Self-control looks like activating your free will, activating the gift that your free will is, and actually cultivating it. And so it looks like taking captive of your thoughts. When you have a thought that comes in and says, you're not beautiful, or you're not worth it, or you're never going to measure up to anything. When those thoughts come, it's saying, no, I am worth it. I was created as a son. I was created as a daughter. I am called to be a leader. I am called to be a minister of the gospel. I am called to do these things. Even if I don't feel like it, I don't care what that voice is saying. I choose what God has said over my life. It looks like taking captive of your thoughts. It looks like praising and worshiping God when you don't feel like doing it. It looks like getting on your knees and saying, God, I need you in this situation. I feel so hopeless, and honestly, I don't even want to pray. I don't even want to worship, but I'm going to do it because I know that it leads unto my breakthrough and unto your glory. I know that there's going to be freedom in this situation if I choose you. It looks like praise and worship when you don't feel like it. And it looks like staring at the thing on the screen and saying, no, you're a counterfeit to what God has called over my life. You are a counterfeit and I choose God. I choose purity. I choose what the Lord has for me. And man, if you've struggled with these things, it's okay. The Lord is not condemning you. This is not a message of condemnation and saying, why are you doing this? It's a message of saying, there's so much more for you. God has so, so much more for you. Because in the same way, no one ever won a gold medal in the Olympics or anything without training. We can't expect to ever learn or experience the fullness of what God has for us without training for that, without actually activating ourselves and activating our free will and saying, no, man, I choose God. I choose within myself to activate my free will. But man, we can't look at self-control as, as something we don't do because it's boring or something that we actually do, but it's just to keep from being bad or just not sinning. We have to look at it as a gift to be stewarded. But along the way of us working this out within ourselves, I'm so thankful that our God is a God that doesn't leave us alone. <laughs> Because the reality is, is that it's not enough to run from something. It's not enough to look at it and and say, no, I'm just going to go a different direction. You actually have to run with intentionality and with purpose, and you have to run to something, or in this case, to someone. You have to run unto something. 
And so that leads to the second point, which is that it's, it has to be Holy Spirit-empowered self-control. So one, it's, it's, it's the self-control within yourself. It's activating the free gift of, of free will that he's given you and of self-control that he's given you. But it, it has to be Holy Spirit-led because if it's not, self-discipline is not enough when it's human manufactured and us-maintained. That, that's bringing us unto ourselves, and ultimately that's, that's not sustainable. It's not going to last. We can never work ourselves, which is what I said in the beginning. We can never work ourselves into being self-controlled just because it's the right thing to do. That will never last. We have to bring ourselves under the lordship of Jesus and say, no, I don't have everything figured out, but I'm going to bring myself under the lordship of Jesus, under the power of the Holy Spirit, because it's in there that you'll actually find true transformation. That's where you'll find it. It has to be spirit-empowered. It's not... It's not about trying to bring ourselves under our own control. And that's, that's honestly the whole point of, of, of being born again. It's dying unto ourselves and having the resurrection with Jesus. That was the point of that. It wasn't so, oh, it's just a, it's just a get out of, of hell free card. It's, it's, it's not just to get into heaven. It's that you could bring heaven down to earth. It's that you could see miracles, so that you could see things happen around your own life. It's not just, oh, yay, that was really awesome. No, that actually cheapens what he did on the cross. It actually cheapens his grace. And we're just like, cool, sweet. Like, no, like your salvation it's so that you could be resurrected with Christ, so that you could live a power-filled life and a life of freedom that he's called you to walk in. And he said, I paid for that. Why are you messing around with that stuff? Like, I paid for you to walk in so much more freedom. I want this for you. My heart is for you. And what I love is that throughout all the temptations, you see in 1 Corinthians that he promises through every temptation that there's going to be a way out. The way out is Jesus. The way out is saying, God, I need you. Even if it takes every single time being like, Jesus, 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 and just, and just calling out his name. If that's all you can do, that's enough. God's going to meet you in that place. You don't have to be a perfect Christian for him to hear your prayer. You don't. If you don't know how to pray, you can just say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. He's going to answer to that. And in Isaiah, you see that he promises that, that actually during the temptation during the wind and during the waves and during the fire, he's going to be with you. It's not just at the end of the race that he shows up. You're not running just alone. He's with you that entire time. And that's, that's honestly the beauty of the partnership. And that's why I wanted to talk about self-control because as we get into this new season, I don't, I don't want you guys to think that you're powerless or that the things that you're going through don't have a hope. They have a hope. They do. There is freedom for you, and God wants to partner with you. He has so much more for your life than, than just struggling with the things that you think you're always going to struggle with. That's not true. That's not biblical. That's not what God says. Your life is not going to be perfect, but God wants to work with you. It's a partnership. So we actually get to choose who we run to and where we run to in those moments. But God promises to be empowering us along the way. He promises to meet us there at the end, but also be with us during the entire thing. It's in that cultivation of partnership, of relationship, that through self-control, your heart will begin to shift and your desires will begin to shift. So in the beginning, I talked about not feeling it. 
but doing something even when you don't feel it doesn't mean that you're not authentic. It doesn't mean that it, it's for nothing. I promise you that if you start saying, okay, I know that these are the things of God and he says it's the path unto life. Man, I want to know what life is, even if I really don't feel like doing it, but I, 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 something has to change in me. Something has to be different. And God, being the faithful God that he is, rewards that. He rewards obedience. And I promise your heart and your desires will begin to shift. You'll begin to say, God, I love you. I actually do now. It'll go from, man, I don't want to do this. This sucks to what, to what David writes in the Psalms of saying, I love your law. I meditate on it day and night. And he didn't have the New Testament. You probably have heard me say this because it just blows my mind. David didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have to get to read Matthew, Luke, and Mark, and James, and all the crazy things that Jesus does, and, and he didn't have Galatians and the letters that Paul wrote. He didn't have that. He had, like, Leviticus, and, like, <laughs> numbers or something. Like, it's like, when you think about that, it's like, man, you love to meditate on numbers. That's weird. But I think that when you actually think about it, like, like David loved the Lord so much that he was like, no, like, I'll study the law. I'll study it. And David was not a perfect man. He, he messed up quite a bit. But man, like, he pressed in. He continued to press in. And he said, God, I really don't feel like reading Leviticus and the weird laws again, but I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. If that means I get to see your face, if that means I get to know your heart, if that means I get to be transformed and look more like you, God, I want to know you. That, that, what, that's what has to be the heart cry. Not, yippee, I'm the best Christian. It's, no, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. It's in that place that he's going to begin to transform your life. Your desires will begin to look like his desires. Your, the things that, that used to fill your mind, the insecurities, the, the anxiousness, the depression, the, the porn and the masturbation and the lust, those things that used to fill your mind, they'll be, you'll begin to just say, what? What the heck? I don't want that. That's not who I am. God, I love your law. God, I love your law. I want to meditate on your law. I want to just see you. I want to know you. That's what's going to begin to happen. I promise you, it's not running into nothing. And so, Elena, you can come up. I don't know where you are, but you can come up. There you are. Hi. She's the best piano player. Come on. Can we just give a hand for Elena? Other than Alec. Sorry, honey. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Love you. Um, <laughs> love you. <laughs> um, but man, <laughs> I'll have to pay for that one later. I'll take you out on a date. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I wasn't kidding about the date. Okay, I'm just going to come back here. <laughs> so man, oh, God's so good. He's so good. <laughs> All right, so man, we'll start to, our desires will begin to change. And I love that. Yeah. And, and this is something that I said in the beginning that is very personal to me right now. Um, and it's not something I'm preaching from, from a place of, I've got it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this from a place of, I need self-control. I need this in my life. Because quite honestly, I don't have this down. And I don't expect to ever be perfect, 
but I want this. I want Jesus. I've tasted and I've seen, and I know that he's better. I know that he's better than anything that I've chosen of myself or of this world. And I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want to begin to look at sin, not anymore as, ooh, that looks kind of fun. But I want to begin to look at it and say, no, I, I experience such close intimacy with Jesus that I don't want that to come and interfere with this. This is so much better. And I'm, I'm not there yet. I struggle plenty. I've, I've done things. But man, I want to get there. I want to run this race well. I want to finish this race well. And I've said, I chose Jesus. I chose Jesus more times than I didn't. I want to choose him. And so I don't want you to hear this and think, like, dang, now I got to do all this stuff and I don't know where to start. And I'm overwhelmed and I, I, I have so many things that I don't even know what to pick. No, just pick one thing. If that means you want to you wanna get up in the morning and you want to read your Bible every morning, start there. That's, the be that's honestly the best place you can start. Honestly, reading the word of God, that will transform your life. If you want to start with, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to actually be committed and faithful in prayer. I have a family member that doesn't know Jesus. I'm going to commit to praying for them every day. Even if that means just driving, just like on my way to work, I'm going to commit to praying for that person. If I need healing in my life, I'm going to commit to praying actual healing over my life and expect that it's not going to happen. Not just a prayer of God, if you want to heal me. No, he wants to heal you. He wants to heal your family member. He wants to heal your friend. He wants to. If you want to see crazy miracles, go out and pray for somebody that's sick and actually expect God to move. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. That's not just a cool verse you get to read. That's real life. If you want freedom from habitual sin, from porn or masturbation, man, go big. Say, I'm done. I'm not even sure where to start, but man, commit and say, God, I want something else. And maybe you've tried before, but say, God, activate within me self-control. Activate within me self-control, but through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, because I can't do this on myself. I can't do this by myself. I'm not under the lordship of Macaulay. I'm under the lordship of Jesus. Under his lordship, you'll see freedom, I promise. You'll see breakthrough. You'll see healing. I promise you'll see it. The Lord is faithful. He's so faithful. So tonight, in a moment, we're gonna go back into, into worship and, and into this song, The Goodness of God. And the band will come up when I pray, and so we're not gonna get distracted, but I want you to think of that thing in your life, whether it's, man, I wanna be faithful in prayer or, or faithful in my devotions, or I wanna kick sin in the face and get it out. Wherever you're at, Man, come on, let's do it. Like there's so much freedom for you. There's so much. Going into the holiday season, going into the new year season, like actually look at 2020 and say, man, I've made resolutions before, but something's gotta be different. 
This generation has to be different. My life has to be different. I'm no longer okay with with doing things and letting them fall and just be like, oh, well, next year. Like, no, commit, self-control, activate your free will and say, God, I can never be perfect, but I'm gonna choose you. I'm gonna try my best to choose you. I want you. And so I'm just gonna pray over us. And, and I'm gonna have um, some leaders in the back so we, we can just get the lights lowered. And I'm gonna have our leaders in the back um, because I honestly believe that the first, the first step to, to showing that commitment is telling somebody else. It's actually saying, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a step of faith. I'm not just gonna think it in my mind. I'm actually gonna say, hey, I need prayer over this thing in my life and I need freedom from it. I need, I need to repent. It, the Lord says that it's, it's under kindness that he, we're led into repentance. It's, a, it's from kindness. Discipline is from love. And we actually have the gift of saying, God, please come in my life in this area. I need you. I need a savior. I need somebody. Do something that costs you something. Words aren't enough. It has to be action. Man, if you, need, if you need a community, this is a really great place to start with a community, to start getting into a life group of where you can say, hey, this is something that has been stirring in my heart that I want freedom from. I need people to walk through this with me. I need people, because you were never meant to walk this by yourself. You need community in this. You need people that are gonna keep you accountable and are gonna encourage you along this walk. And so I'm just gonna pray for us. So everyone just bow their heads and the leaders, you can go to the back. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, I don't wanna move any place too fast. God, would you reveal to us the areas in our life where, where we so desperately need you? Or maybe it's just a little area where we wanna see more of your face. I want deeper relationship with you. I want deeper intimacy with you. Or maybe I need freedom from something so big and so overwhelming that I can't do this anymore. God, would you reveal to us those areas in our life. May we have the boldness to activate our free will and say, I'm done. I wanna be led by the Spirit. I wanna see your face, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, would you come? We wanna worship you tonight, God. We worship you from a place of victory knowing that you've already won it all, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.